Good boy. That makes you perfectly safe? Yes. You better clean yourself up if you're going to face the crowd. Here, wipe your face, it's all sweaty. There you are, dear. All ready for company. bucket of cream. Two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. Which mouse am I? I don't know. Which mouse are you? Either way, doesn't matter what type of mouse you are. 
All mice are welcome on the Cinema 9 podcast. That's right. Michael Govier, Travis Roy, Eric Branstrom, three human beings who, for some reason, over the course of their human experiences, have decided to find a passion and an interest in film. So that's why we do this show. We also enjoy each other's company. We're lifelong friends, and we love to share it with you guys. Travis, what's the number one reason you do this show? Number one reason I do this show is to hang out with my friends, you two, and talk movies. That's literally the number one reason to do it. That is so beautiful. What a sweet man. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you. And, and, and before we move on, uh, I, I want to give a shout out not you know to, to all of the people affected by Hurricane Ida from Louisiana to, to New York State, but also to the good people of Maniunk, uh, where I lived for a long time. Uh, experiencing some severe flooding in that beautiful town. So to the people really? of Maniunk and Ro- uh, Roxborough and Philadelphia in general, I, I send love and, and good thoughts. Uh, yeah, the, the, uh, Maniunk is flooded. Um, the worst has been flooded since 1880. It's uh, no shit. Yeah, it's bad. It's it's really bad. Now it's the the floodwaters have already receded for the most part. So that, that but the the damage is intense. And uh, now it's of along course, the yeah. Yeah, where where I lived and where you briefly lived with me uh, was at the top of a cliff, which wouldn't have been affected by it. But that main massive street, that main street goes right through, right next, to, right along a canal, and that whole canal downtown. Yeah. The school kill. Yeah, the school the schoolkill. Yeah, the school school kill. Skykill. I've said it fifteen different ways <laughs> it's in my life. Schoolkill, but I, but think I did everyone, learn schoolkill. Yeah, everyone could be forgiven for mispronouncing that fucking mealy mouth, <laughs> mash mouth word. But yes, uh, you know, cheers all, to the people yeah. of Maniunk and all the people of Philadelphia and the world in general. Up, man. Fuck. This storm must have been the real deal. There was tornadoes in Maryland and Philadelphia, too, in the area. Yeah, so. yeah. The temple got fucked up. The, the Part of the the satellite campus. Hmm. <laughs> Dave Matthews out here is fine. I'm, I'm pleased to report. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just trying to bring levity to the people who need a laugh right now. That's all. Uh, Eric Branstrom, have you been affected by Hurricane Ida in any way? Uh, no, but I have been, uh, supremely affected by the taste of this delicious new Coke Zero Sugar. They changed the flavor. It's fucking fantastic. What are you getting paid by Coca-Cola now? Yeah. I need a, I need the side gig. (laughs) I encourage everyone to try this product. Wait, so this is, uh, not the Coke Zero. This is the other one. No, this is a new Coke Zero. They just changed the flavor says now more delicious and they're not wrong it's it's so good is it that coke coffee stuff i've been seeing that no. that was a good idea no they discontinued that <laughs> shit but this is fantastic coffee! coffee i said cookfee <laughs> cookfee coke two coke little mice fell in a bucket of cream today i am that mouse yeah. someone wrote that dialogue <laughs> god damn it it's just so uh, oh god we can't do that movie because it's obviously too enjoyable it's too easy so i mean yeah right? maybe maybe a, maybe a guest host or a you know listener's choice someday but i i don't need to question if that movie holds up or not <laughs> even good. luke thinks it's good and he is like super anti-formulaic you know typical stuff and he approves of that film and he's hard to please he doesn't usually like that kind of stuff so you gotta take a grain of salt when someone like that says it's a solid film if it's good enough for friend of the show, Luke. Yeah, man. It's not Werner Herzog. Luke likes it. Wow, huge surprise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. Drops are still coming. Drops are still Anyways, coming. Anyways, <laughs> uh, today on the Cinema 9 Pod, you see this guy behind me. Oh, he looks pretty. 
Who's that? Is that Jack Nicholson? But he looks angry. Rick Feral. Baker, you're better than that. You're better than that scene, Rick Baker, I'll tell you. Yeah, we're doing Wolf. There's, <laughs> is that a VHS copy, Eric? It is. Yep, the very VHS I've played many, yeah. many times. I had that same yep. one. In my, not Well, not that same exact one, but I had the same edition in my home for many it's years. It's like I turned it off halfway through uh, my last viewing, which was probably about 20 years ago. wonder what happened. <laughs> you probably fell asleep. You've seen it so many times. You just turned it off towards the end. How long have you owned that copy of Wolf on VHS? Box 1994. Well, wow. you bought the year it came out? Absolutely. Yeah, as soon as it hit shelves. I don't know 95, if it was, probably. Yeah, I don't know if it was available 94. You remember oh, yeah. how movies used like to work? Two years. Like a year. Yeah, two years later. So. <laughs> two years. We were, you're spoiled yeah, today, folks, with your video on demand. There was a time oh, yeah, where man. we all had to wait and yeah. wait. Two year window. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> to wait so long. <laughs> well, we could pay like $150 for a VHS copy yourself. And if you special yeah. ordered it, remember, yeah. remember that scene? Yeah. Like, well, I'm going to go through this catalog and I'm going to order movies at 150 bucks a pop because money is meaningless. To I, st I still remember telling a customer at Blockbuster that he had to pay $150 for a drowning Mona VHS that he lost. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean I can't buy one night at McCool's? He went to collections. <laughs> oh, collections will get you. Yeah. Yep. Collections. That's not cool. Gotcha. Disrespectful. But, you know, this show Exciting. is about Wolf today. We're going to find out does Wolf hold up or not? That's the main focus. Travis selected this film. We're back at the top of the rotation. And uh, there's been a lot of Wolf talk, Brotherhood of the Wolf, Wolf the movie today. This will be the last talk. Wolf movie for a bit. I'm going to yeah. lock that in as a solemn promise, at least for my end. I mean, but who I, knows? I could, I could pick a Wolf movie next time. Who fucking cares? I'll do Maybe Wolf. Maybe Eric Freak will pick or... one at the end of this show. You're right. <laughs> uh, who's to say for sure? But. <laughs> We'll find out if it holds up, and uh, we're going to talk turkey. We'll talk movies, because that's what we do here on the Cinema Nine Podcast. We introduced turkey? ourselves. Yeah, well, we might talk about some turkey. I don't know. I mean, turkey can be good at times, and it has value. I like smoked turkey, though. It's a little better. A little better. So. Um, Lunchables. When's the last time you had a Lunchable? Recently. I, I love Lunchables, man. <laughs> it's like 3,000 milligrams of sodium per How cracker. How could you possibly, like... I'm sorry, it's good. I my my ex liked those things, so, so I tried one like Lunchables. a couple years ago. I could not believe that I ever would put something like I'm not someone who's like, oh, it's so processed. Yeah, no, you're not. You're not. I'll, I'll eat styrofoam. I don't give a dude. fuck. But, but like that is so fucking processed. That, that, yeah, that dude, like slimy silver oh, dollar yeah. discs of turkey product. <laughs> yeah, turkey meat product, like <laughs> some ill-defined meat. True. It's like the crab of turkey. It's not even turkey. We're gonna do a documentary, the desperate men of lunchables. Desperate men of lunchables, yeah. It's like Will Patton. Yeah. Like Will Patton is <laughs> turkey. Yeah, Will Patton, Richard Jenkins sitting around eating yep, Richard Jenkins has the cheese. He's in everything. <laughs> uh Travis, by the way, we mentioned this on the previous show, but we want to <laughs> bump it again. Travis was on Donnie Richmond's show, the All American Spook Show. And we want to make sure you check that out if you haven't had a chance yet, Travis. Uh, what do you think of that? Yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks, thanks for the extra plug. I, I was on the fifth episode of their werewolf history thing because, and I mistakenly said on that uh, episode that I was on of theirs that I wrote my um, my master's thesis on wolves, which wasn't true. I wrote my, my, my I know, shocking. I wrote Jesus. I wrote my um, I wrote my capstone paper, my undergrad on on wolves. But uh, yeah, wolves is something. It's true. I, I like wolves. I like werewolves a lot. I like all things. 
I like all canids, you know. What can I say? I got uh, two dogs on either one on either side of me right now, in fact. So, you know, I like wolves and I like Jack Nicholson. So where could you go wrong here? Well, I thought about that last night. I remembered like, yeah, God, Travis like is really into wolves, not just from what he's been doing recently, but he actually wrote. I thought there was like part of, yeah, I thought part of your college experience was related to wolves. And that makes sense. So now I know that to be true as a fact. I like wolves. It's true. This guy loves a good wolf. You got to get that wolf. Taquito. Oh, boy. Yep, taquito. Two little mice. Uh, I wanted to do, by the way, Travis, do. <laughs> by the way, do you whiskey laugh? <laughs> I had a question for you. Do you whiskey laugh? <laughs> Do you uh, do do wolves eat mice? By the way, uh, I don't know. Does I that... think they generally go off after bigger prey. You know, mm, okay. uh, I think, but you know, they'll probably take what they can get. Those are those if it was wolves. a desperate hour. They sure, sure. I don't think might a eat a mouse in a bucket of cream. They they would probably be delighted to find a cream covered <laughs> mouse. Um, you Who the fuck's got a bucket of cream? I mean, what what is that anyway? Who's got a bucket of cream filled cream covered mice? I mean, this is getting awfully specific, Christopher Walken. It's getting very weird. Yeah, I, I mean, if you fell in cream, isn't cream like naturally? If it's not made or adjusted in any way, it's pretty thick, isn't it? Like straight up cream. Yeah, depends on how uh, hard and often you churn it. I mean, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> We're live talking mice. We're talking cream. <laughs> Mice is the rhetorical cream. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, why don't we got to get cream? rid of that. What? There it is. Wow, that is that is longer than I thought it would be. It's a lot longer when you're like not watching the movie. You're just like airing a live podcast for people to listen to someone else yell wolf. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That does bring a different context to it. Uh, anyways, uh, I didn't even mention this yet, but sorry we weren't on time. A DTE just decided to shut off my power due to emergency issues that needed to be adjusted. They also turned off the internet as well, so the internet something was going down. If you live in Southeast Michigan, you know that DTE sucks. And odds are, wherever you are in the great United States, your power company is not your friend. I'm just going to throw that out there. It's a safe bet. <laughs> Ooh, fucking Jacobin over here coming in with a hot take. Oh, boy. <laughs> get rid of the landlord class. Time for them to go. Oh, oh boy. Uh, all right. So let's get into our quarantine viewing picks, as we always do. And by the way, uh, we did our last week's episode with our pal Aaron Worley. If you missed that yeah. one, go check it out. He was a fun guest. Yeah, he you, was uh, he did you, a rock solid job. In terms of all the guests we've had on the show over... 15 months or so he was definitely up there he did a pretty solid job so we, rank, to you, we buddy. rank you all if, if you come on our show be be aware we will rank you and talk about you yeah it's fucking a right we will definitely <laughs> rank your ass all right travis what do you got uh let's see I, I watched a few movies including the curse of the werewolf from 1960 yes finally finally have you, uh, have you seen it eric Oh, I love it, man. I keep trying to get you to watch it. Yeah, okay. I, 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 well, there's a couple classic werewolf movies that I've been due to watch, so I guess I lost track of which one. But, um, I, you know, Oliver Reed, I, I wish... It's an unconventional movie. Like, they kind of start, like, way earlier in the story than they need to, and, like, they don't bring Oliver Reed in for, like, almost, like, two, like halfway through the movie or so, and it's like, what? There's some really weird pacing things going on here. It's like, imagine like the main character, but like instead of getting the, their story, you're going to get the mother's story for no fucking reason. Anyways, <laughs> um, but it, it was, uh, it was, it took its subject matter seriously. So for that, 
it was very much a predecessor for to Wolf. I mean, not just that it's a werewolf movie, but that it, it fucking it, uh, like, uh, not a Demon Wolf. Demon Wolf. Sorry, we don't say werewolf. <laughs> Demon Wolf. <laughs> uh, would you honor me with your bite, Mike? Uh, <laughs> I would. I would definitely would. I would do that. <laughs> would you, that I, I was watching the movie to already get no. in. Would Would you sitting in a man's apartment who you just met sipping on tea without yeah. honey? Would you be able to just not just bite a man, a stranger's hand, but like break skin. <laughs> he didn't just yeah, wash his hands or anything. Very relaxed environment. Yeah. Hey, what, we're very what, relaxed here. Having some tea. Bite my hand. Couple too, re- too relaxed. Like that, that dude should have like came out with like a bottle of like whiskey, like just slap each other in the face a few times first, piss each other off, direct personal <laughs> insults. And then ah, you got to build maybe. up to it, at least in terms yeah. of like emotional intimacy. You got to get drunk together first. I get that. Very, very <laughs> true. Very true. Um, I watched, um, uh, you know, friend of the show, uh, fan of the show, Anton Orenko. Uh, shout out to him. Oh, yes. He, he, uh, he's working on He's He's got a, um, a documentary called A Manchester Story about the, the, the bombing there at the Ariana Grande concert in 2017. Um, it's a beautiful uh, uh, documentary, uh, very much about yeah. the victims of, of, of the violence. Did you watch it, Mike? Yeah, I did. I ended up turning it on. I felt like I at least owed it to Anton because he supports our show. And it ended up being uh, very interesting and something I hadn't really thought of. I remember when it happened and like, oh, shit. But I didn't give a fuck about Ariana Grande. So it wasn't as prioritized in terms of traumatic events in my life. But shit, it was uh, really kind of well done. Kudos to Anton. Well done, sir. Yeah, it really drives home like the community of Manchester and like um, I love that, you know, you never get like they don't say the, the the perpetrator's name, supposed reasons, all that shit is like not there. It's just it's just the victims. It's just people that were, you know, people who lost people, people who um, were in the blast, people who were not anywhere near the blast, but were part of the community and they were affected by it, too. I thought it really was uh, it handled uh, a situation like that really, really well. Yeah, I'm really like into Manchester because I love New Order and shit. Like, there's a huge movie. I mean, The Smiths. There's a lot mm-hmm. of musical history that goes back to Manchester a long time. So I admit that I was a little more open to enjoying it. But that doesn't take away from it. It's uh, if you're into that kind of stuff, like learning about a community and how you can overcome bad times and realize that there's more to life than just focusing on the negative moment. Uh, I think it's a good piece of documentarian film. I do documentarian film. Doc- documentary film i don't know but well put Shit. why did it, why did i <laughs> i should have just said documentary film sorry anyways kudos to you at Woo! let's give him a round of applause nice job. yeah so a manchester story uh it's not quite available to the public yet but it's supposed to be released very soon so keep an eye out for that a manchester story um i watched french french exit i figured we we're watching a michelle pfeiffer movie this is a michelle pfeiffer movie from last year that uh, there was a lot of oscar buzz uh, about it for her uh, and performance, maybe maybe one of the best performances of her career, which, which says a lot. Ooh. But it's definitely one of those movies where, like, you can shove a, an amazing performance in there, but you still have a boring movie. It's just, it's just, a, it's just really kind of like oh. a boring movie. So, uh, if you're a Michelle Pfeiffer fan, I would recommend it because I mean, it's there's it's a really strong performance from her. Um, but man, it's, it's no tequila it's, sunrise though. It's no tequila fucking sunrise. I'll tell you that. What's Cruella? Um, Oh, I haven't watched that yet. I uh, I have I mean like I have mixed feelings, especially about I have mixed feelings about like the whole approach to like Disney films where they're gonna like they're gonna keep on like taking the the villain and turn them into the protagonist. Um, I have some mixed feelings about that, and I have some mixed feelings about the way it was done with this film. 
uh, no, no spoilers, but in particular, the treatment of the, the Dalmatians in this film, I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, but I will say I was, I was entertained. I, 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 you know, like it was more or less what I expected for a Disney film in 2021. Um, I imagine there'll be a sequel and I don't hate the idea because uh, Emma Stone was really solid in it. I mean, she like, it was, it was a perfect role for her. Um, a little predictable, you know, but you know, it killed an evening. Eric, you watched it too. I watched it last week and I, I, I hated it. Yeah. And I, I kind of was looking forward to it because I love Emma Stone and like, it looked, it looked fun. You just like loved, a production you watched design. Beauty and the Beast remake or the update. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. But, I, I, I just don't know why it exists. Who I don't understand who this was made for. I was sitting there and I'm like, what what would a kid think of this movie? I can only imagine they'd be like either like creeped out or just bored out of their minds. Like, who is the audience for this? Us, I guess. Hot topic shoppers. I, I'm, I don't I don't know, man. Um this this tendency to neuter these villains. Like, I don't need to know that like Jafar was like abused as a kid. Like like, like, just why can't just we, these villains just be evil for the sake of evil? That's it's it's all part of the you know the good versus evil dichotomy what? of this. No, what are you villain. saying? I'm, what are I'm you totally, saying? Yeah, I'm totally into getting nuance and finding deeper meaning as, as to what motivates someone to do bad things because i don't i don't really like the disney i mean as much as i love disney i don't like the the painted white painted black good guy bad guy i, I like yeah. uh the gray I like. area I, I really do like the gray area and anything um so I, I do i do kind of like it but i but like i just feel like it's not been handled very well yet i, I thought that the uh the first um maleficent movie was okay yeah um, i like those yeah i thought that one i didn't watch the second one but i thought the first one was that was pretty good but eric yeah well, Aren't you uh, yeah. someone who you want better writing? You want improved character studies, development of characters in writing. Wouldn't fleshed out evil characters having a purpose for their evil reasons? Because that's how life really can, works. We, can, the more okay. we know about the human experience now is that you don't just become evil for the fuck of it. You really don't. Cartoons can and and should, in my opinion, especially classic Disney characters like this. It gives it it, it gives a balance to the good. It's like saying the good Joker was done right. Just be good in the dark. Well, that's night, a completely Joker different was done type right. I'll of give film. you that, but that was an outlier. I don't. I don't mind like them giving me the deeper motivations. I. I don't necessarily want them to turn the bad guy into the good guy. Turn the bad guy into the protagonist. Yeah. Is That's one another thing. story. Yeah. Like yeah, turning yeah. them into the protagonist. Right. I'm, I'm on board with that. But turning them into genuinely like the good guy and like they were misunderstood all along and that kind of stuff. I'm not really yeah. on board with that. Yeah. But but That's this a was a whole side issue, and I completely agree with you there. Yeah, but it was entertaining. Doctor Harris. Yes. Do you concur? I should have <laughs> concurred. <laughs> I watched um, I watched Jacob's Wife also from last year, which it stars Barbara Crampton and uh, Larry Fessenden. And if you know who Barbara Crampton <laughs> and Larry Fessenden are, then you're already on board with watching this movie. Are these real names? If you don't know who Barbara Crampton and Larry Fessenden are, then you're not going to give a fuck. But they're horror icons. They're they're both oh. horror icons, and it's it's. Um, I mean, you don't get Larry Fessenden starring in a lot of roles. He's like second lead here. Uh, and the budget is eh, eh, but if you like the two of them, I would definitely recommend Jacob's Wife. If you like horror movies, like it's it's worth checking out. There's some unique things going on with some familiar tropes here. Last but not least, I watched. Um, you know, sometimes you watch a classic, and you're like, ah, I can see where this was probably awesome in its time. You know, and sometimes you watch a classic, and you're like, what the fuck? Like this sucks. And sometimes you watch a classic, and you're like, 
Fuck me. This is incredible. I watched Werner Herzog's Aguirre, The Wrath of God from oh. 1972. And it it's incredible. I mean, it was so it was so good. Klaus Kinski was incredible. The the pacing is incredible. The story itself is incredible. The um, you know, like it's it's just it sucked me right the fuck in and uh really uh incredible movie. And you know, I mean it's 50 years old, it doesn't need me to 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 speak its um praises at this point but if you've never seen a gary the wrath of god check it out it's it's awesome hmm. i've actually never seen that one that's a good recommendation eric branstrom did you get rid of that wolf <laughs> gonna get rid of that wolf yes took care of the wolf mike where's the drop good job good job no i'm not gonna do it I, yeah, it's too I long <laughs> yeah you know i watched money train well let, let me rephrase that i watched literally like 80 percent of it until <laughs> finally i found the remote and was able to turn it off this is Aww. one of the dumbest movies does it I've have ever the scene in it is it, is it post uh is it edited out the scene that got uh the big deal with the movie number there was that scene that they deleted because somebody murdered somebody in new york city oh no it's still in there it's still in oh there. great okay i don't know what you're talking about i'm not the, sure the, I made uh, it lighting someone on fire with lighter fluid scene oh yeah that's like the plot of the movie we got yeah. a serial oh. arsonist yeah. lighting up uh toll booth operators that's i've never plot. seen it i've never seen it so don't get that in every christmas movie yeah <laughs> is it a um, christmas movie all right I'll add it to my list. between christmas and uh, new year's eve one of those kind of movies that's not a christmas trope in film lighting toll booth operators on fire <laughs> Um, I think it happened in a Christmas story, but I don't think it happened in anything anything else. Yeah, oh, uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't understand how this passed the, the script stage. It's so inept. It's so painfully unfunny. Oh, Chris Cooper's like, hair, I don't though. understand it. How about the fact that it just goes in a million directions and then it decides to end as a heist movie? How about the fact that one of Robert Blake, an actual murderer's lines yes. in the film is, you're on the edge. You're a wreck looking for some place to happen, and I'll fuck you dead. That's what oh, he yes. says to Woody Harrelson. Oh, fuck you dead. Robert I'm going to find that. Blake. Then they what steal that little train from him. Take his train drop. and pissed. I'm going to find that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Predator 2, and it's been many, many years since I sat there and watched this movie. <clears throat> let's, let's, I'm ready to hear some fucking praise <sighs> for Predator so, 2. Yeah, like I said, it's been a while, Travis. And uh, I got to tell you, man, I'm going to be completely honest with you. It's so fucking awesome it's still awesome. to this day. I, I it, it, It's obscenely violent. It's like one of the oh, most yeah. grotesque. It would like make Francis Bacon blush. It's like grotesquely violent. It's it's fucking weird. It's almost like disturbing how, how like horrifically violent it is. But yeah, I mean, how it works is beyond me. Because like you go from like this tough mercenary played by Arnold Schwarzenegger to like an overworked cop as your protagonist and yet danny glover's fucking awesome as mike harrigan like he's great i think it's right up there with the original it's, it's fucking incredible man dude I, i'm gonna i'm gonna be sacrilegious i've always preferred it over the original i know i know that <laughs> i know that's sacrilegious but i i just love the fuck out of that movie I, oh I, mostly God. because of the setting like the the, the original is yeah. like in a lot of ways like a a better movie i acknowledge it's a better made movie but i love yeah. the setting of the second one i love the i, I love the, the it's a more diverse cast yeah uh, the, the people are different they have very different interactions and we get a lot of backstory with the creature which i love that awesome too. yeah yeah so yeah if it's been a while check it out man because we're, we're, we're talking about like if that design isn't right 
it, you know, I don't know if this character would work, but we're talking about, in my opinion, like the coolest, the the best design like creature like in in any movie that I've ever seen. Like they just nailed it. He's so awesome. All the little stuff he has when he's repairing yeah. his own wounds and stuff. It's so awesome. And that Bill Paxton subway scene is one of my all time favorite action sequences. <sighs> so good, man. Wow. Uh, I never saw the movie until about 10 years ago. So I was way late to Predator 2 because I always saw it on Cinemax or HBO. And I'm like, this yeah. doesn't look anything like the original yeah. when I was younger. <laughs> so I'm like, fuck that. I'd see like a scene or two and I'd be like, I'm out of here. This isn't Predator. It's total solo. This movie's dumb. But when I finally watched it, I was like, whoa, this is, Mike, you were immature and you've grown as a human. I grew up with both copies in my house and I, I wore the fuck out of Predator 2. What can I say? Yeah. Dude. I was wrong. Yeah, La Bamba, Louis Valdez, Bamba, uh, 1987. La Bamba. Oh, I did this the other day when you were watching the movie. It reminded me of blah 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 blah. Did he? Oh, okay. Blah 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 blah. But yeah, man, still completely holds up in my opinion. Uh, I, like I, the 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 way that Louis Valdez, a director, like shows like the the culture of like the Latin Americans in 1950s America and like the pride uh other people and stuff like I love all that little stuff with the family it's a and progressive all that, but... movie it really was yeah I'm glad yeah. that we grew up as children with that type of movie being I was thinking that too man yeah I was thinking that too and even though like... Lou Diamond Phillips I know he's not Hispanic descent so <laughs> yeah, but still that doesn't delete everything else about the movie that's still authentic and really ahead of its time Isaiah Morales should have gotten the best supporting Oscar, man. I was, I was, I could Hell feel yes. myself. I knew it was coming like an hour. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna lose it. I'm gonna lose it. I lost it. So well, I lost it. This is a period of history that is whitewashed, and people did this intentionally because they were white rockers who exploited a lot of people who were not white and took advantage of that culture and the music and rock and roll and the early days of that. And the fact that this movie was, I know, it was made in the '80s, but it was still made. And I, I think it's an important film that, yeah. forget if it's good or not, the fact that it exists and the way it was done, I still think it was really well done. And I, I think the legacy will maintain itself uh, for many decades. It has. I mean, they, they added it, they register it for its cultural relevance in film. So it's in yeah. Library of Congress, deservedly so. I mean, I just love the music is off the chart. We're talking about one of the best produced, like, like, what do you call it? like music sound engineering and film or whatever but it's just yeah so crisp yeah, Los Lobos? Yeah, Los Lobos yeah whatever you got <laughs> marshall crenshaw <laughs> as buddy holly as buddy holly yeah you got yeah. brian setzer as eddie cochran i yeah. love it man it's so fucking good don't forget the big bopper hello baby <laughs> big bopper's so dumb i know he died in a plane crash but he's so dumb yeah i mean yeah he's definitely like the last one so i watched this movie called all about steve Oh! You ever heard of this fucking movie? Yeah, yeah yes. I've seen, I've seen the movie. I, I like, Weird fuck movie. I, 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 I had to check and make sure I didn't dream that I watched this. It's an actual movie. I think it came out in like 2012. But it's so like, how how is this? A, so Sandra Bullock is a, like, a, she writes crossword puzzle and thinks that Bradley Cooper is like into her. And like, then she falls down a well and becomes this national sensation. <laughs> 4.6 on IMDb, 6.8 on Rotten Tomatoes. It's horrific, man. It's it's un it's unbelievable. It's a wild ride. It's not particularly good, but I'll tell you this: it's a different kind of role for Sandra Bullock. If you go in thinking it's going to be like a typical uh, rom com, and it's not that. Oh, it's horrible! <laughs> it's fucking yeah, one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm not calling oh, it good. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, but, Thomas uh, Hayden Church is in it at least. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess, but yeah, that's oh, it. So. I mean, he literally is, just for the record. So. Yeah, you can't can't yeah. take that away yeah. from him. He's in it. <laughs> Remember Mike, that uh, about, TV man? show Ned and Stacy? He was Remember in Ned that. and Stacy? <laughs> I liked Ned and Stacy. <laughs> Deborah Messing. Yeah, Thomas yeah. Church, wings? Maybe it wasn't bad. Wings. Oh, I fucking love wings. Dude, man. Wings. People, people love wings. There's a whole cult of wings. People trust love me. They're wings. out there. Yeah. That guy with the mustache. The fat guy with the mustache. I, yeah, was that guy? Robert Pastorelli. Is that his name? Yeah. Is that the guy like the painting overalls? Is that the fucking dude you're talking about? No, the, no, the guy in the suit. Over, no, the guy. Oh. The guy oh. in the competing. Oh, um, and I don't fucking know. The, the, and, you know, he, he was Ronald. I think the guy's character's name was Ronald, I want to say. No, I don't remember his name. Fucking wings, dog. Wings, wings. I love wings. <laughs> oh, yeah, the guy. I know you're talking about. It's funny. That's Quagmire. Yeah. Love wings. <laughs> He's pissed. Uh, David <laughs> Schramm. That guy's name as a character was Roy Biggins. Roy, Roy Biggins. I forgot my own last name. That's cool. That is shocking. <laughs> cool, man. All right. Is that all you watched? Yeah. Yeah, wrapping it up with all yeah. about Steve. Okay. Yeah, all about Steve. <laughs> Tonight, all new, all about Steve. <laughs> oh shit, man. Well, oh, I actually shit. watched some movies uh, this week, so all I got right. back in the game, so I can participate in this part of the show again. Um, I watched. Uh, what did I watch? Uh, so, with the La Bamba talk, which you brought up while you were watching Maybe. it, I fired up for the very first time. The Buddy Holly story as a compliment oh, okay. to La Bamba. And right. damn, I should have watched that movie sooner. It was fantastic. Yeah. Can't believe you've never Gary, seen it. Who played him? Gary Busey. Gary Busey, nominated for Best Actor. Gary fucking Busey, Great performance. Man. It's unreal, Travis. 1978. He's 33 in real life. Buddy Holly died when he was 22, I believe. So. Yeah, you're right. But he pulls it off. He looks it. He also plays all the guitar parts, sings all the parts. All the music is done in real time and staged. It's not bullshit in any mm-hmm. way. So I got to give him more credit for that. He he deserves all the accolades he got know, for that man. film. We were and just I'm, talking Predator 2. He's really yeah. fantastic in Predator 2. <laughs> Too late to go home now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he brings that business to the character. But he yeah. never makes it too busey either. Like but, Buddy but, Holly yeah. and the way he is and acts and the way he carried himself, whether it was true or not, I never spent a day with Buddy Holly personally. Me neither. But nah. it's authentic because it's done at a period which is post-50s, 20 years after the 50s. But it's still old enough where it, it, they can capture the period quite well. Mm-hmm. And it's not full of itself. That's why this movie's good because his wife, Maria... Mm-hmm. she really really was battling over how to do this movie didn't want to do it at a big studio at a big production they wanted to be more hungry people who would give it the uh you know the authenticity it deserved and i think they really nailed that so i'm going to strongly recommend the buddy holly story if you've never seen it check it okay. out good stuff so did anyone watch the big bopper story can we round out this game music <laughs> trilogy does it exist Probably I've not. I've seen Great Balls of Fire. It's really probably awkward. not. <laughs> I've seen Great Balls of Oh, Winona Ryder. Great yeah, Balls of Fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awkward. Um, awkward. I will tell you this. In the Buddy Holly story, the guy who plays the Big Bopper is someone I definitely know. I just don't know his name, but you see his face. You instantly know this guy. Trust me. It's like, oh, shit, it's that guy. It's undeniable. I'm going to try to look up his name, but he's been around for a long time. He's had a whole career. In fact, I think he was the guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, Gallard, Gaylord Sartain. Yeah, dude, it's a guy from the Ernest films. Like, yeah, like I was just gonna guy. say, yeah, Exeronius. Exeronius. Gaylord Sartain. Exeronius. That's chef in the, right? in the camp. Yep, that's the yeah. first thing I think of is Exeronius. <laughs> chef. I don't know if I'd say chef. chef. 
The gourmet <laughs> chef. Chef. <laughs> chef. Oh, he's, a, he's a cook. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, he's still alive, by the way. herbs and spices smuggled into America by Tibetan monks. <laughs> wow. Well done. Yep. Uh, he, uh, he's still alive, just for the record. But he hasn't acted since 05. His final film was Elizabethtown. What a way well, to he, go out. That's, he uh, played Oliver Hardy in a Lauren Hardy uh, remake where um, um, our old buddy, uh, who who's the guy? Belky. What's the fucking guy's name? Oh, yeah, uh, uh, Bronson Pinchot. Bronson Pinchot played the Stan Laurel to Gaylord Sartain's Oliver Hardy. So, yeah, I, I like Gaylord Sartain. No shit. Well, that's fun. Yeah. Oh, that's enough of Gaylord Sartain. Yeah, but, yeah, more than Buddy enough. Holly uh, also, Charles Barton Smith's in this movie. He does a great job as uh, the bassist and his co-partner. In he sings the songs, too, and he plays a stand-up bass, which is cool. I love when Charles Barton Smith hangs out. He's so short, and he gets confused for Bob Balaban once in a while. He but does. he's not Bob Balaban. So they're short guys. That's all who may lose their hair. Yeah, and they do lose their hair. Spoiler alert. Is it a spoiler alert if they've already lost their hair? I don't know how that works. At any rate, I do know that I love that movie. Other movies I yep. watched were Saving Silverman. Remember this comedy from oh, 2001? Fuck. Oh, does that Come piss you on. off? Is that, is Saving that Silverman? That's a movie to watch. Uh, is yeah. that like the, it's very much a Neil Diamond feature. Is that <laughs> Very heavy in Neil Diamond, yeah, but it, Neil Diamond heavy. That movie was huge uh, back then. There was all these people who watched. I feel like everybody had a copy of that stupid movie. It was at every house I went to for a period of time. There, Saving Silverman was just in that twenties, early twenty something. Everybody had it. Now it's collecting dust right next to Orange County. I feel like everyone got it because they bought it for four ninety nine a used copy at Blockbuster. That's fair too. I'll give you that. I I thought the movie was dumb as hell back in the day, but it's you know it's got a uh, uh, Lee Ermy. Elar, God, what's wrong with me today? Arlie Army, 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 I mean, a mother, a mother can't tell to... which, which baby she loves the most. That's right. Yep. <laughs> Michael's choice. Michael's choice between saving Silverman DVD and up a pad, uh, up a creek. Don't forget up a creek. <laughs> yeah, without a paddle. Oh, without a paddle. Yeah, yeah without a paddle. Up a creek. <laughs> Same fucking. Up a creek. Holy shit! Out with Matthew Broderick. Is that what we're talking? I don't know. Uh Matthew Broderick is in War Games. That was all right. So, yeah, yeah, he was also addicted to love. Project X. Just <laughs> name. Let's go through the whole catalog. Uh, we did election people. Yeah, you could check out uh, our episode on election if you want to. Enough we definitely did. Talk. We definitely did that. Uh, uh, I watched some retreads uh, that I'm not proud of because they were just kind of there, and that's all I had at the time. I feel bad about that because I want to watch <laughs> new stuff. But What'd I, you watch? I watched. Uh, I just watched some retreads like Flight and. Uh, because I right. just watched that recently. And yeah. I watched Catch Me If You Can. That's why I got all the drops. Okay. I turned on. Makes sense. I was feeling, I love it. That's and great. I did watch a movie that I'd never seen. And I'm going to tell you, this was something I was trying to watch for a long time. I finally got it. The last movie star, Burt Reynolds, his okay. final performance before yes. he kicked the bucket. Have you seen it? Yeah, I talked it on the show uh, sometime last year. It's been a while. It's been a while. Oh, but shit. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, me too. Clark Duke's in it. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Chevy Chase is his. He's kind of in it. He's not in it that much, but it was a really well done film about 
it's so meta. It's like so, so, so fucking meta about Burt Reynolds himself. They don't call him Burt Reynolds technically, but it's basically about like his life and the mm -hmm. mistakes he made and mm -hmm. being a famous guy and how great it was, but then how he treated people shitty and it didn't end up so well. And there he is in his very old age on the brink of death, frankly, he's decrepit. <laughs> and Burt Reynolds was a football star and a really, he was a man's yeah, man a back man. in the day. And, uh, it's really kind of touching. I, I got kind of choked up at the end. I really did. I, I didn't see it happening, but they mm -hmm. got me at the end, and I'll give it to them. So I want to recommend The Last Movie Star. Go yeah, I, I'm going to double that recommendation. I watched that and um, Lucky with Harry Dean Stanton, which was mm. his last feature. Like, I watched oh. them within like a week of each other. I would, I recommend both those movies. They just, uh, as far as like when an actor, when a great actor knows that they're making their last movie, I mean, that's a rare mm. thing. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I would say Lucky and The Last Movie Star both, uh, if you're into that idea, check them out. That is a really great point about it. Yes. Mm. The, the final, like, it's so on top of itself and intricate and introspective while trying to make a point, but also they try to bring levity. There's a lot of laughs and jokes that try to go through it as well. It's got a little bit of everything. So I'm, I'm glad I watched that movie and I feel like I'm a better person for it. I'm not better than Aww. you or Aww. anyone else. I just. You, uh, you might be. I'm a, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe, I, I won't say, but, uh, I'm a little richer. I'm a little richer for the experience. I do know that for damn sure. So uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, I did watch the incredible Burt Wonderstone. That was fucking dumb. Oh, so Jesus. Uh, I wanted to like that so much. Uh, really? I, I, yeah. So much I watched it. I watched it a second time to make sure. And uh, no, it's, it's really not good. Look at the cast. I mean, Jim Carrey, Steve Carell, Jimmy Gandolfini, Steve oh, Buscemi. Fuck. Yeah, fuck. What the fuck? Yeah, I've been just... doing my Gandolfini rounds. I'm gonna have to go yeah. watch that shit again. No, don't, don't. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, you gotta watch the drop. Watch the, yeah, I'd rather watch the Last Castle again than that. <laughs> oh, I kind of like the. I grew up enjoying yeah. the Last Castle. Is that mm, really it's like not. Before? It's not good. <laughs> Maybe we'll bring it to the table. I don't know. Right. Uh, anyways, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, uh, everything else is just retread bullshit that nobody cares about. We've been over this before. But <laughs> I want to make sure I close the door on all that. I will tell you one more thing. I did watch Killing Them Softly again. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Wait, so did you say it doesn't hold up? No, that was I keep you. watching this movie. I can't stop no, watching I it. it. I seem to watch it oh, every was week. It Mike? Wait, yeah, yeah, you said, yeah, it, Mike, you said it doesn't hold up. You just I know, that's watched why it again. I know. That's why I'm bringing this up. I, uh, it's like got inside of me, and I just like, <sighs> I want to put it on. It flies by so quickly. Fuck you. Pay me. Yes. <laughs> it's such a great ending. It's almost worth the whole movie. So oh, yeah. I did say that in the show, but killing them softly. I don't know. It's it's in my bones. Are you, are you ready to repeal your your vote that it doesn't hold up? I you know if uh, if that's something to be considered on the table, I I am definitely considering that. I yeah. certainly would. I'd be uh, no interested in here. doing that. So. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Uh, the you know, yeah, movies are fun. I stopped watching TV shows. I'm also living my life out there, having a good time. And we hope you are too. At Cinema Nine Podcast, we're your pals. We're your friends. We're not forcing ourselves upon you, but we very much want no. to be a part of your experience. We're hoping that. Maybe you'll find some time for us here and there. Because if you're hearing these words right now, you're already giving us your time. And you know what? That's pretty cool. Thanks, guys. We appreciate that. That's true. Here's some cheesy effects. Yeah. All right. Don't forget to sign right. pod at ProtonMail.com. We haven't had an email recently, and we don't like them, but we will read them. We always promise <laughs> you that. And you can give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. Uh, anybody checked out the reviews lately? Are we doing well? Uh, we did get a, a, a new review from... Um, Fuck me, I forgot the person's name. It was like Iggy Fuck Stomach. Fuck me, I forgot something. the person's name. That's an awesome like, title. I think it's like Itchy Stomach or something. <laughs> 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 what? 
But thank itchy, you, itchy stomach. stomach or whatever. <laughs> itchy stomach. Thank you. I know it started with an I. I, I can't remember. <laughs> that, was, that was starts with an I. Maybe itchy uh, stomach. I could qu- quickly try and look it up. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, yeah. Anyways, well, we got we got a new review, and it was very kind of this individual to take the time out of their life um, to write a busy, review. Busy, busy stomach itching schedule. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice things. They they sound like a busy person. They said that they're on the road like three hours a day, um, and applying calamine lotion. That they li- <laughs> that they listen to us, and it made it. <laughs> Uh, helpful. Icky, icky thumping. Thank oh, you. Icky, icky thumping. Icky thumping. I hope your stomach and your thumping Tub are thumping. not itchy. And we do appreciate you taking the time to uh, to send us a shout out. Thank you. That's so Thank sweet. You, icky uh, we did get two emails. We got one from Derek Furness said, thought about posting this on social media, but then I remembered that you guys hate emails. This montage of <laughs> Wilhelm screams is great. Love, Derek. So it's a uh, montage of Wilhelm screams from last week's show where Aaron... Forced us to break down Wilhelm screams. Forced. Uh, Forced. We gotta, this is fresh, though. I don't know if you guys know this person, but we'll find out. Hi, what? guys. A while back, I stumbled across a movie I had never heard of. I was completely blown away, and ever since, I've been desperately trying to convince everyone across movie fandom to give it a shot and hopefully drag it out of complete obscurity. The movie's called The Beast of War, a.k.a. Yeah. The Beast from 1988. Directed by Kevin Costner's buddy, Kevin Reynolds. Yep. <laughs> you know it, Mike? Kevin Reynolds, Reynolds, man. I don't, I don't know it. I, I don't no, know the I movie. Like, I like Kevin Reynolds' work, so I, but I've never heard of this film. Yeah, neither have I. I, I know Kevin Reynolds was uh, the false director on Prince of Thieves, right? Well, it stars right, George Zunza. Which you don't get yeah, I like that. George Zunza, yeah. Butcher's Wife, Deer Hunter. George Zunda, Jason Patrick, and Stephen Bauer are the stars, and it was only released in two screens across the whole United States. <laughs> Columbia Pictures, and I kid you not when I say this is the best Hollywood film you've never heard of. Wow. Quentin Tarantino's old writing partner, Roger Avery, has it down as the best movie of 1988, and he also has it down as one of his 20 Desert Island films, with Apocalypse Now being the other war film. The film has a rating of 7.3 on IMDb, 3.5 on Letterboxd, but not a single critic's review on Rotten Tomatoes. But it does have an audience score of 85%. I'm starting to get more and more podcasts to check it out and review it while Letterboxd reviews seem to be on the increase now. I think it would be great if companies like Criterion or Shout Factory, etc. could get their hands on it and give it the exposure it clearly needs. Please seek this film out. It's available on DVD and streaming, so it won't be difficult to track down. And if you do see it, let me know if you agree with me that this might be one of the 10 best American movies of the 1980s. Wow. Wow. So one way or another, we need to find a way to raise this movie's profile and prevent it from continual obscurity once and for all. All the best, Nick Paticcio. 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 P-A-T-I-C-C-H-I-O. Paticcio. Just keep going. Don't stop. Thanks, Nick. That was a... No, but yeah, yeah, thank you, Nick. That, that, uh, that's I've never heard of this film. I'm totally going to check it out. Um, me too. Interesting that, that uh, you know, even with with nothing behind it, someone has that enthusiastic of uh, endorsement, and they're going to take the time to reach out to us. That's that's worth checking out. Yeah, that was yeah like you, a you can really stream good. it on Prime Video, according to oh, just watch. Okay, well. Yeah. Maybe I'll watch that tonight. Uh, thank you, Nick. That was an incredibly well-thought-out email. And even though we don't like emails, that one kind of touched me. So thanks, Nick. We appreciate that. The Beast, 1988. But speaking of Beast, <laughs> we've got to get focused on... we got to get rid of that one!
1994's Wolf. I do not think of Time Warner as another giant multinational media conglomerate, but as a bunch of decent, caring people, because I just don't believe money always implies ruthless ambition, Mr. Alden. Am I insane? I would say so, yes. Supposedly, because the rainforest is being destroyed so rapidly, all these new viruses are going to colonize throughout the world and destroy vast segments of the population. I'm only quoting the New Yorker, you understand. Yeah, every upscale magazine tries to make the case that the world will end if we have no rainforests. Well, you could make a case that the world has already ended, that art is dead. We're exhausted. That instead of art, we have pop culture, daytime TV, gay senior citizens, women that have been raped by their dentists confiding in Oprah, an exploration in depth of why women cut off their husband's penis. Well. Well, time to fill up the glass. Yes. Yes, let's have a drink. Directed by Mike Nichols, a personal favorite of mine, and starring Jack Nicholson, Michelle Pfeiffer, James Spader, Christopher Plummer. And boy, this is a movie that's got a lot of names in it. And yeah. it's it's a weird movie because it takes itself seriously, but it's... Are, are we calling this a scary movie, uh, a horror film, or a thriller? What are we calling this, Trevor? I mean, I, I, I personally would call it a drama. Oh, a fantasy drama, maybe a horror drama, maybe because of werewolves. But I mean, it's a folk. I mean, it's it's, it's more folkloric than horror. Huh. Yeah, well, it's kind of a supernatural dramedy. Yes. Supposedly, this was uh, Jack Nicholson's final scary movie. You know, like mm-hmm. The Shining or other scary. Some people say Witches of Eastwick is like a scary movie. Yeah. So. yeah. Who cares about that, though? Take us back in time, Travis. You picked this movie. I assume that you saw this on VHS, though. You did not see this in the theater. Uh, I very well could have seen this in theaters. I honestly don't remember. Um, I, I know that I told my mom yesterday or the day before when I spoke to her that uh, we were doing this movie. And she was like, oh, I love, 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 Wolf. Because um, it was one, <laughs> it was a family favorite. Like, I loved it. My mom loved it. Uh, my sister loved it, I believe. Um, so I actually think I did. I think she took me to see it in theaters. You know, she took me to see some pretty fucking awesome movies in theaters. So I believe this was one of them. But even even if it wasn't, um, like you, Eric, I mean, we had we had that same box copy in the house pretty pretty soon after, and we that was you know it was a regular contender. It was one that was regularly in the mix, and uh, then I you know it's one that I've kind of held in high regard and have talked about, and that's kind of why it's a good. I mean, like on one hand, like I kind of figured I still like this movie. Um, but on the other, it's a good uh, choice for the show because it's one that like, I just kind of had taken it for granted that it was still good. But in the back of my mind, I was still like, I know that there's some cheesy kind of elements, so maybe some kind of you know early 90s elements that might not hold up so well today. So I, I was uh, excited to take it, uh, another new look at it. Yeah, you said it, my friend. What about you, Eric? You, see that you definitely didn't see this in the theater because you weren't allowed. July 15, 1994. It's one of the very few movies I know the exact day, and I know what I did the day that I saw it. Like I mentioned on a previous podcast, it's the day I got my Super Nintendo and Super Castlevania 4. I was playing it all day, and then my (laughs) dad came into my room, and he did something he very rarely ever did. He said, get in the car. We're going to the movie theater right now. Because he wanted to. 
because he wanted to see it. This yeah. has only happened on a few occasions, Cliffhanger, In the Line of Fire, and Wolf. So we went, and uh, I watched it in theaters, and I only had to cover my eyes a few times because of my, uh, my you know, 13-year-old age. But, uh, yeah, I, I it, this was in heavy rotation. I'm surprised this thing still works. I would watch it weekly. Wow. What's it oh, rated? Shit. R. Oh, yeah, it's rated R. Okay, I figure, but there's not a lot of profanity in it, you know, and... That's true. It's a like classy movie. There is some violence, of course, but yeah, more than, more yeah, than it's a level. classy movie with taste. Mm. Uh, I saw this movie on HBO. I remember seeing it on HBO in my living room in 1995 for sure. And I was like, oh, I remember this movie came out. I didn't see it, but I watched it on HBO like 15 times because it was on all month long. You know how it is. <laughs> HBO, they shove a movie down your throat. It's on like five times a day. So. Right. That's where I saw it, and I definitely watched this movie several times, and I thought it was cool, and I was like, oh, Jack Nicholson and Wolves, and uh, at the time, at that age, uh, I had this friend, Lisa Pappas. I don't know what happened to Lisa. Lisa, if you're alive today, I hope you're doing great, and I hope everything is, you know, going your way. Uh, but she always said at the time, she, she used to call me James Spader. She's like, you're my little Spader. Yeah. She was like a yeah. senior, and I was a freshman, and we were in drama together. My little together. Spader. Yeah, she James called me Spader. a little James Spader all the time, and I didn't see it at all. But uh, I, I would call I you that, too. I always used to oh. call you that. You did? Oh, you used to call him your little yeah. James Spader? I used to call him Spader. He looked yeah. just like James Spader. My little James Spader. <laughs> it didn't catch on as much in our circle of friends. But, yeah, Eric, I do remember you saying that to me. Uh, but Lisa used to – I don't know what happened to Lisa. She was fun. But I was like, oh, James Spader. Okay, cool. So – I was into this movie because of that as well. But first and foremost, because it was a fascinating film. So, hey, cool. Good job, Wolf. 1994. Good time to be alive. Uh, what's this one rated? Did you guys look it up? I yeah. was really, really good about not looking it up. And then just now I, I tried to look up what it was rated. What it was ah! actually rated. Yeah. And, of course, it just came up immediately. So I just saw it. <laughs> I'm going to say this one is well-respected because it's got a lot of heavy hitters again, similar to what we just did uh, a couple weeks ago. What movie was it? Uh, American Gangster. I was thinking a lot of heavy hitters, a lot of names. Uh, but not as, I'm going to say it's like a 7-3. Uh, Eric, you, you saw it? Yeah, I saw it's, it. It's 6.3. Uh, oh, uh, shit, really? Unbelievable. 6.3. Yep, well, 6.3. I, there, there might be a reason that like there's not a hot new werewolf movie every year. I mean, I, I love them, but I don't know that everybody else does, you know? They're usually like low-budget horror affairs that aren't as big as this. I like, what, what, like, what are, like, since Wolf, what other major Hollywood werewolf movies have there been? There was there was the werewolf, like the, the Wolfman remake with Benicio, oh, Benicio Del Toro. And I guess, you know, the, some of the Twilight films had some werewolfery. Uh, like, at the top of my head, I can't think of, I mean, there's that the Team Wolf TV show did pretty well. Oh yeah, um, which I've not seen, but it exists. Other than that, I'm not, not a lot of like big cultural like money makers. That is very true. I I mean I'm not the expert on this arena, but I can't think of something that comes to mind. Like boom, oh dude, there was a huge wolf movie that blah 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 blah. You're right. So yeah. As far as Rotten Tomatoes though, they have opinions. You get the critic's opinion, and then you get the audience opinion. They meld it together, but they also separate it so you have an idea of how the high society types think and how the regular Joes and Janes feel who go to see the movie every week. It's fascinating. It's mm. called RottenTomatoes.com. And I'm That's vamping here because it won't load, and I'm just waiting for this page oh, to load oh. again and again. Let and, us vamp. Uh, we can come up with bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh! But uh, it gets a 62% on Rotten Tomatoes. 
which I guess is but, pretty close to a 6.3. That's pretty uh Yeah, right? <laughs> that's like spot on. But yeah. the audience score, audience score is 42. That's a huge disparity. Oh, wow. That is, I don't know. If anything, I would have thought maybe the audience score would have been a tick higher, but dang. <laughs> Not that's 25,000 plus ratings on this, so it's not like uh, something has been totally ignored. That's that's yeah. curious. That's a that's a dumped over bucket of popcorn for those of you scoring at home, unfortunately. <laughs> well, uh, does anyone remember the uh, trailer? I, I remember loving the trailer when it was in cinemas because the teaser, like the 45 to one minute long teaser, it wasn't any clip from the movie. It was just Michelle Pfeiffer in like a negligee and then, like, this really cool <laughs> atmospheric shot of Nicholson, like, hovering over her. And I, it made it really look like this romantic monster movie, which it yeah. completely is not. I've so I think the, audiences uh, were just like, what the fuck happened? Like, I, this is not what I expected. Yeah, I've seen that. Like, it must have been from a film shoot. Like, you know, like, a because I've seen, like, the still photos yeah. from that. Uh, yeah. Like, promotional shots. Uh, oh. So they must have recorded some of it, too. And then people, like... But I mean, I don't know. It looked like a fucking Chris Isaacs video. Maybe he is howling in that video. That could be the case. Jack howls in this movie. Like, the, I mean, he doesn't want to. So dumb. He so really dumb. fucking goes for it. Like, full commitment to the role, right? Yeah. Like, but you don't. Did. Do you laugh or are you like? It's kind of. That's the thing about this movie. Like, it's both dumb and cool at the same time. It's such a weird mix. I think that's what Let's I love about it. werewolves. I mean, if I'm honest with myself, <laughs> there it is. There it is, right there. Let's see what the, it, the critics agree with that. Uh, Chris Stuckman of ChrisStuckman.com. Oh yeah, I love Stuckman. Do you Not really? Stuckman. Yeah, I watch this shit all the time. Oh, okay. Well, I, I didn't know. The YouTuber. Okay. Uh, it's an extremely mature werewolf movie. The film is actually kind of funny. That's his comment. Hilarious. It's almost yeah, cheery. It's hilarious. Mature. I mean, it's mature. Yeah. <laughs> is it? Is it that funny, though? Uh, well, I, I, think I, think, I think there's a few jokes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, there. the tone of the... I wouldn't call it dramedy. <laughs> Eric, you earlier said dramedy. I'm like, no. There's a lot. There's a lot of funny lines in it, man. Every, every, I mean, so there's funny lines in August Osage County, man. I mean, there's always a little. <laughs> bit of it. it doesn't make I everything love that a movie, by the way. Yes, that is a great point, Travis. Well said. Uh, Peter Travers, classic Rolling Stone critic back in the day, said Nichols has crafted a rapturous romantic thriller with a darkly comic subtext again about what kills human values. Comic subtext, so. There's several comedic points here by a lot of these critics. Roger Ebert says, an effective attempt to place a werewolf story in an incongruous setting with the closely observed details of that setting used to make the story seem more believable. Yes, very. that's a very much like we're having fun. Aren't we having fun kind of review? Like just stating the obvious here. It was shot on film. <laughs> uh, recently followed by us and his band, Destin Thompson. His band's following yeah. us on Instagram, which is breaking news. I know Travis is very excited about that. I'm so excited. Who, I, who are you kidding? We all love Destin Thompson. Are you kidding me? I would kill. I would kill for Destin. I would martyr myself for Destin Thompson. Absolutely. Wear the flesh to allow the flesh to open new portals. To wear the Destin. Kill your own kind. Kill your own kind. Carry her out well. Maybe. We all got to do it. We all got to do it. Dustin Thompson commented on this movie, and that's always a rare treat. So he said, oh, good, good, good. Nichols has allowed Wolf to evolve from a well-mounted supernatural drama to goofy camp, and he's splatting it. He says this movie sucks. Oh. Well, you know, even the great ones are I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't know that's wrong. We'll get yeah. into that. But. 
he wrote a. I'll post this here in the live chat. He he has the full review for, in 1994, June 17, 1994. Destin Howe back then. Mm. Destin yeah, Howe. Yeah, Destin Howe. Wrote in detail about this movie, saying the first half of the movie is exhilarating, scary, and believable. So. <sighs> There, there might be some third act issues. I'm not going to necessarily deny, but um, I would also I mean like it, it. It surprised me that it's six point three on IMDb, but not that much. Uh, this movie is like, like I think this is a you're gonna you're gonna like this movie, or you're gonna think it's kind of silly. <laughs> there's no so it's one of those no in between things. Then you're I mean, saying there's it's always like, well, in between. I'm not an absolutist, but you know I know you're not. But with this movie in particular, you're saying this is I've, the kind of the deal here. I, I, I'm going to look at the uh, ratings real quick, and I, and I bet I wouldn't be surprised if they're kind of like split. You know, hmm. <laughs> this movie can be a total bozo fest. It starts off with a dead serious. You know, snowy mountainous drive, and he hits the wolf, and the wolf bites him suddenly out of rage. And then it's so serious. And you go back to a publishing house, continuing to be serious. I'm not seeing the the comedy here. I I mean, it, I don't see the comedy uh, yeah, element I, at all unless you look at it that way. I'm well, confused. Like like every time, like like one of like the his senses get acute. Like something like funny happens or a joke is made when he gets hairy. He makes a crack about the hair club for men. When he, um, we know there's know, no like, coffee. It's all tequila. <laughs> the, is that a the joke? smelling, yeah, that joke. Like, yeah, I, Ron Rifkin comes in as pure his oh, as his doctor. Brain damage humor. <laughs> well, I mean, he calls him a moron. Like, no, you moron. He's got brain damage. And like, he does Rifkin, call him a moron. Rifkin's delivery is fucking. I mean, like, he's he's really like he's 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 good at comedy because he's definitely one of those like straightforward kind of actor yeah i had a laugh there uh, the moron got me but and, and uh, jenkins reaction shots are actually like kind of goofy and like intentionally kind of funny a lot of Richard oh, jenkins, yeah. jenkins responses to urinated yeah, yeah but, but i don't think this... about you know david swimmer he got he took my he took my cuffs or he got my cuff. swimmer. Like, well, there is there is a fair amount of I, mean, I don't know again i don't know that i would necessarily call it a comedy but as i'm as i'm going through it and thinking about it, there's a lot more comedy than maybe the tone of it is so serious though i mean when he sits down with the older doctor, the wise man, talking about the wolves and the experience of I'm demonic very... possession. Is this real? Is this really going to happen to me? I don't understand the comedic <laughs> element unless you decide to look at this. I think it's funny because some of it looks like total shit to me. Like when he's chasing the deer, it looks stupid as fuck. It's clearly not Jack Nicholson in several of those cuts. <laughs> it's like too blatant. In slow mo, yeah. you really don't want. But you know what? I noticed as one of my earlier notes is like uh, it, this. This this movie blows its slow mo like load like less than three minutes in. Like it's just uh, like yes. like yeah. in the movie, like you you've already done enough. <laughs> you and we just watched Brotherhood of the Wolf last week, so that's saying something. And th this is movie. This movie has excessive slow motion, and it doesn't work a single time. So does that's that bother you? Though? Does that take you guys out of the movie though? When you see, oh, that's oh, clearly not Jack Nicholson. That's a stuntman. It, yes. it, perple it perplexes me because well, two things. If it's not in slow mo, you don't have enough time to sit there and be like, what the fuck? That's not Nicholson. And two, <laughs> if it's you know, if it's not shot like in broad daylight, you wouldn't be able to see that it's not clearly Jack Nicholson. So it's just these <laughs> odd choices. Oh, yeah. you, you say it's overlit as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I do think that there's moments in the film, in particular the fight towards the end, where like there's some clever editing where they're not showing us too much. Yeah. And like um and that kind of stuff. But but yeah, like at the same time, there's other shots like this that are clearly like 
why are you letting us see that like there's another person in his shirt right now jumping around why are you letting <laughs> us see that he's clearly biting the throat of a stuffed animal no blood on him yep. until he wakes up in the morning like there should have been blood everywhere if you bite into an animal what do you think happens <laughs> he tears his throat out and nothing happens yeah, that bothered me to hell it really bothered me problem but that's funny see that's what i'm saying this movie is unintentionally funny i don't yeah. think it's intentionally funny i really oh, no, don't that, yeah that was not supposed to be funny yeah i don't know man like all the like the biting office politics and stuff i just maybe i find it a more amusing than laugh out loud funny it just it plays like a comedy like how nichols stuff usually does like working girl and uh, and carnal knowledge it's just it's so breezy that it almost seems like light fair yeah and you know it, yeah i'm sorry but elaine Go may ahead, his, his, elaine may his regular uh co-collaborator um she apparently did like a ghost write of the of this as well and i imagine a mm. lot of the kind of like funny kind of quippy stuff was her but isn't this i'll give this movie credit for this so this movie is about a guy who is dead inside in a sense like he's just kind of been numbed by life in some way and we don't exactly know why that is frankly maybe he's indifferent or maybe he slowly I don't know. He, he tells us why it's the gay senior citizens he's got a real problem with gay oh senior yes oh, I was gay for that one the, the, the world is already ended there's there's uh art yes. is dead and there's gay elderly people. pop culture just is the only art the left. and let it go down the drain yeah sally yeah. jesse raphael and oprah on the that's afternoon we're, we're, tv molested yeah, by dentists yeah i just well, I, that's yeah, that, was that like, did not play well cringy. for me Ooh. well you, uh, but isn't that's what this movie's about this guy he gets bit by the wolf and he becomes alive so they're trying to tell you a story about yeah. i think they're trying to send a message here clearly we're trying to instill in a lot of us that we don't realize our animal instincts are something that maybe we need they're trying to walk a line here like hey being aggressive and assertive and having some animal instincts that are more uh, primordial in a sense are cool and they could be useful to you, but there's yeah. a fine line because James Spader, when he gets bitten, he takes it to a whole new level. And it also will give the movie credit for this. It doesn't just say you're a wolf, you're gonna be a bad person or turn into a bad wolf. I did like that part, that explanation when yeah. him and the doctor sit yeah. down and how Different. it's like uh, any, it's like money. If you're an asshole before you got rich, you're gonna be an asshole still. Yeah, yeah. yeah. one of the things sure. I really like too is um, like, he like like um the Ampiri's character the 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 he was talking about like um you don't like it, there's no um oh shit I kind of lost my thread there <laughs> to pick it oh, up without shit. me I gotta remember what I was where I was going with this you're talking about the wolf binding the wolf doesn't turn you into being an automatic bad wolf it you are a oh no yeah wolf. thank you so the the phrase demon wolf that's what that's what I demon wolf yeah. yeah so like it, like he's he's not into the whole idea like he's saying like I'm not into like heaven and hell this is not we're not talking demons like creatures from hell wolf we're talking like like d-a-e-m-o-n like like the kind of demonic ah. that like Socrates was was talking about like the very old kind of demonic like uh like fairies or or like spirits of the wilderness or something you know and it's so there's nothing to do with evil here and I thought that was pretty cool because you very seldom look at that kind of thing in the film Agreed. yeah this, that's why it's this, advanced this thing does a lot of things that and unless you really stop back and st step back and think about it that a lot of other werewolf movies don't do uh in terms of of the, the creature i mean name other werewolf movies where uh the werewolf can actively like hold conversations after his transformation as he does like in central park i mean it's different uh 
Well, it's cool, but I've got a, I've got, I do have an issue or a question with that. Like, do they remember what's because like, you get the feeling through the whole movie that like when Jack Nicholson is walking around at night in like kind of werewolf mode that he has no mm-hmm. memory of it the next day. That's it's actually of. made really clear. But then you have hmm. James Spader's character who's like very much like calculating in his like, you know, doing things. Maybe maybe I mean, I guess I guess maybe they're like he's doing. Yeah, the stuff timeline gets weird in it to help his life and he doesn't remember it later. I don't know. But like shouldn't that. James Spader's like werewolf. He was very much more focused and like has a plan and is like trying to set up Will Randall and all this stuff. It seems like he remembers a lot more. I don't know. Mm. I agree. The rules on this are weird. I don't watch werewolf movies on the reg, so I guess (laughs) I don't know the basic rules of werewolf life. Uh, Scott Howard was the best werewolf ever, according to Matt Wilson. So I don't even know who that is, but great. Cool. Team Wolf. Team Wolf. Oh, that was the character's name. You know. But with the rules here, is he turning into wolf every night, or is it every like yeah. couple of nights here? Because I'm, every it's night. not a full moon thing. It's like the sun no, goes the, down, he goes. Remember, wolf. Uh, the the guy says he he only knows like a few of the rules, and one of them is like you 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 get bit and you turn into a werewolf by the next full moon. So if you mm. get bit like the night before a full moon, I guess you're turning full wolf. Like but that's, I thought it was in permanence too. That's what I didn't get. Like he'll be a wolf forever. He's never going to be yeah. just a human during the day. Isn't that what happened? Is we supposed to assume that at the end when? That's what. Yeah, happens. And by the way, yeah. yeah. When the they show the beanie shots. baby, that howls at the moon at the very end. Oof. Yes. Yeah, there's a, they, there's a book ending thing in this movie where they show us a really fake wolf at the beginning of the movie and a really fake wolf at the end. And of the even movie. faker looking. It looks like Gamora from the Neverending Story. It's the same fucking Not wolf. That. They it's just brought it over from the. <laughs> It's been ten years and it looks the exact fucking same. Yeah. And it's just like, like there, and there's no reason for it. Like it doesn't look like Jack Nicholson. That's, you could have like, yeah. like there's no reason for it. You could have used real wolves in both yeah. those shots, and it would have drastically. You really got Rick it. Baker here. Yeah, and that's, I think that's the problem. <laughs> right. I think they were like, let's, let's put right. Rick to work. Let's make him earn his paycheck. Build us an entire menagerie. And <laughs> but like, and the work that he does is fantastic. But like, I, other than these really jarring visual moments where you're looking at these fucking fake wolves and the fake <laughs> yeah why did that you know, there's under tooth that you see behind me you know I mean, it looks yeah. like a pig it looks like a val kilmer when the pigs turn the humans turn into pigs in willow <laughs> the same fucking teeth that this is a lot of retread physical yeah it's kind of bogus in that way this but this is what dean stockwell does all through werewolf of, D- of washington it's just our the whole time it's just, <laughs> it just looks well, like somebody watch. who's clenching yeah. up and you know having a rough time Clenching up. Someone's a wolf is someone who's constipated, essentially. Like, <laughs> 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 a lot of underbite going on. A lot of, yeah. lot of puggishness. Oh, man. Well, we're talking about fucking Wolf, 1994. Does it hold Fuck up or wolf. not? Jack Nicholson. I mean, Jack Nicholson does what he does in this movie. He's very solid. He brings seriousness to this movie, right? I mean, it's, it's peak Jack. I mean, it's... Yeah. You, you, like, him, like, sitting there smirking while... um while Stewart's trying to like charm him for the for, like like for the last time, and it's just not working, and finally he just kind of like looks at him, and he's like, "I'm gonna get you." And he like, yeah. like yeah. look at the man dead in the eye, like right. gives him a little smile. There's like, and that's just there's just so many moments like that through the movie where it's you just get to see Jack like be the the Jack Nicholson you want him to be in like every movie, but yes. you do get like. You, like Will Randall is also like a different character for him. He's weak. He he begs early in the movie, and like he's, you know, he's kind of emasculated in a lot of ways. So it, it's both, a, and it's a fucking werewolf. So in a lot of ways, it's a different role for Jack Nicholson 
but it's also like the Jack Nicholson you very much want to watch. I think mm. they thought Spader and Nicholson head to head here was like a passing of the torch in the sense. I really feel a lot of like probably Spader himself felt like this is my chance now because he was coming into his prime and Nicholson was getting a little bit older and you know Spader just he's a good actor. He's solid, but he's not Jack Nicholson and never will be. And I mean he's had a good run. He doesn't have to be great in this film, but I think he's actually done a disservice with his role. The dialogue and I don't know if it's a dialogue or it was written in the script how he was supposed to respond to a lot of the dialogue before he becomes a wolf. But Spader's character, Stuart, is just like, what do you want me to say? Tell me what to do. I'll resign. Like, it's just not like, yeah, I know he's duplicitous, but like he'd be a lot more aggressive in his tone and the way he spoke. I just feel like it was weird the way they had him respond to a lot of the discussions he has with Will in these moments. And he only finally unleashes Uh. after he pisses on his shoe and it gets to a point where he's like, I can finally reveal my duplicitous nature. He already knows you're duplicitous. But Why not, not have it more obvious? Like, he, like, so both these men murder people once they become werewolves, right? Like, mm-hmm. Jack Nicholson goes somewhere where he can kill. I mean, some of the only well, he cut off a hand. I don't movie. know. Did he kill those guys? Uh, maybe, but it, it, it's kind of implied <laughs> there's some serious violence going on here. But yeah. he goes somewhere like where he could find humans that like he thinks it'll be okay to kill them basically because they're criminals um but yeah, like it's a little stereotypical and, there by the way but whatever oh yeah yeah big time, <laughs> big time um and then we have and then we have um stewart you know who like kills a woman to like advance his like his business you know to, to advance his like station at work so i think that like this is what we're getting like when you know when it says like it just brings like the, the wolf doesn't make you good or evil it just brings out who you who you really are and so yeah, they do a good job of that I right agree. so Stewart, i think was not like before he was bitten he was not that he was he was cutthroat but not like in a overt way like he like he was like it's almost a coward in a way yeah like he's sniveling and like cringing mm-hmm. and like and again like he's mm-hmm. will's protege so like in some ways that makes perfect sense um because they're okay. both kind of like a feat kind of like you know not you know just kind of not the most masculine dudes and uh so, so i think it makes perfect sense in a lot of ways you sold me that was a well done response and retort i'll give you th- three out of four stars all right <laughs> uh i mean i've always loved J- um james spader in this and it wasn't until last night till i'm kind of scratching my head like what well, what is it like towards the end now we can talk about the third act issues uh and i do want to talk more positively about the other things that i do genuinely enjoy about this movie but i don't understand this like this arc like stewart goes into the cop station but he tells the cops that Rand will is completely innocent and to to not go arrest him like i'm lost so is he I, not I, trying like, to ruin lost. will's life <laughs> I didn't even hear what they're saying. I'm just like, all right, there's going to be a confrontation. That's all I know that's going to happen here. But what they were actually well, saying, well, I what does Stewart, what does Stewart want to have happen besides like, eventually physically assault Laura? Like, even what, if Travis explains it to go? us, it won't be clear. It wasn't clear to me then when I watched yeah. it. It just well, wasn't think, clear. I think that's part of the problem, really. That what's happening there doesn't necessarily make sense. They just needed to get a way to get um, uh, Stewart's and Stewart and uh, what's Michelle Pfeiffer's character's name? Laura. Laura. They need to get these. Two, they, they need to get these two characters together without Will Randall around, and how they couldn't figure. I mean, so I think that's the only reason it happened. And you do get a moment <sighs> like where where where, where Spader's like scratching himself like a dog, and that's kind of cool. Like, like you get like like he does he he does really good work in this scene. Although like it's super creepy when he like asks her for a drink and then just like doesn't he straight up like sniff her nether regions and then before walking yeah. away, it's yeah. uh 
crass. But he's an, uh, animal. Yeah, he's an animal. He's an animal. But like, he's like all right, I'll be That's what he was thinking to himself. I mean, <laughs> I think you could. Um, if he would have met Laura much, much earlier in the picture, Stuart, you could oh, have had this weird, like, competitive male slash animal aggression thing going on to, to compete they with Laura. I'm but, glad they didn't do that because they were already doing that with the wife. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But this comment here, Matt said it was cheesy at best. I don't care what he was talking about. From the moment the movie starts, that if he gets bit. It's it's cheesy when he goes to the party and all the horses are scared. It's so obvious, man. I just it bothers me. It's okay. Oh, well, the horses are scared of Jack. We already saw him get bit. We know there's something going on with him. It's well, not it's a secret. Wolf. It's not a secret, right? But it's a secret to him at that point. He doesn't understand what's happening to him. It's not like he's like, well, I was bit by a wolf, so clearly I'm a fucking werewolf now. No, he's not thinking. What is, yeah. What's the point of Michelle Pfeiffer's character in this movie? Being okay. fucking outstanding at her at her job. I mean, she's so good in this in this role. I think that's um, true. But I what's the point that, of her character? Oh well, I don't know. She's the um, she's uh, you know. <laughs> that's another she's, thing, man. I'm telling you, like I I've out like I'm worried that it's it's just that she like like Will says that she's she's just this gorgeous woman, and that's the only reason I was ever interested in her, this character, even like. When I was like 14, 15, I, she was just so drop dead gorgeous. But she's icy. She's rude, just like all of these things that he says. And she doesn't really change for any reason other than, like, I guess I'm going to help this guy because he passed out on my front yard. Uh, well, like, she, when she, she sees the reason. argument with the wife in the hotel, I think that changes her a lot. She's like, wow, because this, she doesn't know she's there and he's being himself and he's hurt. And she well, sees and an authentic nature in him. You're right. But she's on board much longer before that. She doesn't, right. she's not taking him to a hospital. She's, she's like, fascinated. Oh, yeah. she's fascinated from right from the start, from the moment they meet, because she's like, she's like, you know, she's cleaning him off and like, uh, like she, he's all disheveled. And she's taking care of him. He, he comes to her like all fucked up, like having a panic attack. That's true. And like, so like right from the get go, she's taking care of him. And like, so that's a, that's a connection. Like when you take care of somebody, that's like an instant bond you feel a sense of responsibility towards that person and then also it's like a fascinating thing to her because she is icy and cold but like she asked him almost immediately based on a couple of statements that he makes like what are you like the last honest man and she's he's like don't worry you're safe with me because i'm married she's like she thinks he's joking but then realizes she's dead fucking serious and by like <laughs> a turn of events this guy who actually like she, who she's like okay like interesting and that's probably why she's surly to him at first when he see, she sees him the second time she's not an option he's married and he's devoted um but pretty quickly like she figures out that like that is an option and th their intimacy is just really natural and instantaneous that's actually a problem though travis for me is mm. nicholson's real life persona kind of bleeds into this film in a negative way because he's known as such a womanizer and a ladies man that him playing this character made oh. it a little more difficult for me to buy into that and i'm i'm not blaming him per se you live mm. your life do your life as you please be a single man do it up but it did his actual existence kind of impacted me and made it more challenging i'm like god i just don't believe i'm not saying he's a bad guy at all that's not the point but just the fact that he's truly supposed to be this really kind of humble uh true to life dude who would never cheat on his wife i do think they could have driven that home early on just make him a little more kind of a milk toast or this meat personality i think he's a bit 
strong right from the get-go that scene at the party shows you right away like this doesn't seem like the type of guy who would jump in and start spouting all of this shit off if he's supposed to be this meat guy that you have to enjoy watching become stronger and stronger but you look at him in a role like about schmidt and he can absolutely play sweet devotion just regular guy no he can do it it was just so the way they set it up and the way it yeah. came about in the period of the time, I guess. It's just for me personally. It's not a big deal. No, but, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer deserves more credit because she was great in this movie and she's not a typical trope. She's like, fuck you. I'm not here to serve anybody. And that was actually well done because based on what we read here, too, it looks like it was going to be just another shitty bozo part where a female is the bridge between scenes well, to get them to a climax. Well, I wonder if that has anything to do with the original screenwriter leaving Hollywood forever after this movie was made. Oh, no shit. He was so upset about the process. Yeah. Wow. So he set up Mike Nichols. This is Jim Harrison, the the writer, of course, Legends of the Fall. Legendary, like, machismo, like, male power writer. But he said that Nichols turned his wolf into a chihuahua. Basically, that was the quote. (laughs) That's that's it right there. Is that, like, I think you just hit something on the head there. Like, Legends of the Fall is it balls out. Uh, celebration of of masculinity and just like even toxic masculinity whereas yeah. this is uh in a very different this is a, this is different this is like um it both exploring... came out the same year too by the way which is weird oh that's funny yeah um, this, this is definitely exploring manhood but in, in a very different way in a very different setting and uh and not in a way that jives i think with uh with legends jimmy of the fall. yeah mm-hmm. well, certainly not with mr harrison anyway yeah yeah i mean michelle pfeiffer had played a lot of roles and she mentioned it i saw in the wikipedia trivia breakdown she was sick of getting in all these outfits and corsets and catwoman outfits she just wanted to be a a regular woman in the modern age and good for her because she i bet she fought for that she pushed that and also her star power at the time because she was very much on the rise and a big star was she was able to create this opportunity and I, I think it shouldn't be understood i think she deserves credit for that and this movie deserves credit for that being part of its experience i don't want to focus on it entirely but yeah no i agree and i think that she's actually for like a character that kind of is like you know just like a, a failure of the bechdel test i think she's actually pretty fleshed out you get this she, she she's like a grieving from her brother still yeah. she is uh raised uh, in a rich family by a father who ignores her, and like yeah, we haven't even mentioned Christopher Plummer really. <laughs> yeah, we really need to get there. Uh, but she, but she's like, you know, she's had a druggy kind of history and a criminal kind of history. Yeah, and they don't throw it so, in your face. They don't exposition and, it. You're yeah, right. That, exactly. It's not all shoved in your face. So her iciness towards people, I think, makes a ton of sense because she's fucking jaded as shit. She doesn't want anything to do with anybody. There's like she, she like she lives in that, and you know, like, she bounces around. You get the feeling that she's like a a Rolling Stone. So. Um, that she would open herself just to him because he's so like honest and needs her. Um, I think again, I think it makes sense. I think my biggest problem with the film this time around, and it's been it's probably been at least fifteen years, is I just don't like where the characters end up at the end of the film. Uh, because I on this most recent viewing, I I really 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 love will randall like as a character even as he grows and matures in this new guise and for him to just turn into this beanie baby wolf and wander into the woods it (laughs) kind of breaks my heart because finally he has this strength and he is the person he wants to be and he just devolves into this animal and i don't i'm not sure he's happy to be to 
be in this new form. Well, it it, 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 of course he's not. He, heck, he fucking hates it. He says he's cursed, but he also said, I mean, that's what he says, but um, um, Puri's character, whose name I keep Yeah, they talk about why do good well, things uh, only uh, happen to, or bad things happen to good people. Dr. Alizaeus. Dr. Alizaeus. That is auspicious. Alizaeus, Alizaeus. Auspicious. Auspicious. Very auspicious. Oh, right. Dr. Alizaeus is a different Dr. Alizaeus is, yeah, I'm I think you're thinking of Dr. Zaeus from Planet of the Apes. that's right. He's Dr. VJ Alizaeus. He started singing it. Okay. And Laura, too. Like, what is, like, where is Laura's relationship with her father, like, well, like what where does this end like what what was solved like what where did this character go in terms of her arc with what was her biggest problem her her place uh, in this family well she has well, a Mick jagger was supposed out. to be they were gonna cast Mick jagger and make the character younger before they decided to make christopher Plummer the father and make that a father-daughter relationship so this really to me is just a guy who's plugged in christopher Plummer. not needed in this picture unfortunately in my opinion he's still amazing actor he does you great know, work yeah, but like it's like this could have been anybody. They could have had fucking Moffat. They could have brought Moffat in to play this role, Moffitt and it would have been just. Fun. <laughs> but you know, you know what? what I mean? mean, like he wouldn't have brought the. All right, so, so for two two reasons, I'm going to say that like, I don't think Donald Moffat could have pulled it off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no offense to Mr. Moffat. Shit, but for, man. But for one, like, um, like again, like that gravitas that he has yeah. as like as a as a rich man as like a. Like you get the sense this is a mover and shaker in the world. This is a this is a Rupert uh, a, a, a Rupert Murdoch kind of character, and that setting, that fucking beautiful house. Like mm. someone, the the owner of that house needs to match that house. It needs to be that whoever the person, the the man that owns that house needs to be impressive. And uh, Christopher Plummer is easily impressive. And also, while we're on him, really quick, I fucking love the scene, the one real scene that he has with. James Spader, where they're like watching TV together, like yeah, what the fuck is going on there? And at night, <laughs> but like, um, but but like, you know, um, he starts. Uh, Stewart starts angling for the for the senior editor job again, and you see Plummer have this look on his face of like almost admiration, and then it kind of like was like turns into disgust. Like, oh yeah, you fucking repel me. I forgot. Like, but part of him, <laughs> part of him like, is also impressed by him. It's all like, yeah. does, like you're right. There's not a lot of need for this character. There's not a lot of great dialogue for this character, but he really does his reaction shots. And just, he does so much with what's given to him. And that's right, another man. example of kind of that caustic humor that just, it floats by. But if you stop and think about little snippets like that, it's like, it, I, I, I laugh. I, I think it's funny. Yeah, Richard Jenkins and David Hyde Pierce are in this movie too. Just kind of on the side. Yeah, Richard Jenkins. I think this was one of the earlier things that uh, you know made me aware of him, and he's he's funny in it. He's good. Um, David Hyde Pierce was this was uh, I believe same Fraser. year. Yeah, Fraser started. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Same year it started. Okay, so he probably filmed this before he jumped on. Yeah, Fraser. he probably just went all in on this stuff at once, and yeah. Can you guys still hear oh. me? Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. here, bub. Oh, I just heard a lady in my ear say low battery. Uh, but like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could have been any rich asshole playing him. Uh, I like the dichotomy of the film. It's t it's taking big, big themes for a wolf movie. I just wonder if it works in the end. That's what I'm starting to get at here is I love the concept of this man and animal, human beings and animals and, you know, melding together. And we do have similar traits that we share, the good ones, the bad ones, the ones we try to avoid, the ones that we can't get rid of. Uh, good people, bad things happen to great people, like her brother dying of overdose. Uh, Will seems to be a really sweet man, but oh, he's she cursed. Talks about that. 
when she talks about that, that whole scene, like the way she like laughs at him for thinking that uh, <laughs> only evil people are cursed. She's so natural. She's so yeah. fucking good. That's I think what you're talking about, and I think what a lot of people's, especially the critics' problem with this film is, at a certain point, kind of the metaphor of, you know, call it the devaluation of older people and how, uh, you know, this and that how the metaphor just becomes literal and it is literally two werewolves like biting each other's faces. Cause I love all those parallels between, uh, you know, business and, and animalistic behavior and cutthroat office politics. But yeah. when you've got really the wolves, it's like, is this just kind of silly and dumb or well, let's talk about the climax then though. Cause that's, I think we need to focus on that. I think that's we where are. a lot of people lose this movie is that yeah. climax. I, I think, I think so too. Um, but I think I think James Bayer is is scary as fuck. I think he's I think he's a better werewolf than Jack Nicholson, to be honest. I think he doesn't. Really, yes, he's so scary driving that car. Even well, the but he band, doesn't look as cool. I, I think he looks. I think he looks. <laughs> what cool. is it? He looks like Scott well, Weiland. He's the and, fuck uh, of the century, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, he sells but, that line really well. But I mean, like, if, you, if you're in. watching a werewolf movie, don't you want some? So, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I can't think of a lot of werewolf movies that end with the, the climaxes between two werewolves. Usually, it's gonna be like between a werewolf and a cop or something yeah. like that. You know, like yeah, uh, like the werewolf. The werewolf is seldom the protagonist anyway. So, like, it's gonna be like the hero versus the werewolf pretty often, or the werewolf wants the way to, or the werewolf wants to die. Right? Like, that's a common. The way it's chopped up and the way it's shot and the stuntmen mixing in with them. I just think it's poorly done. I don't think this is Mike Nichols' forte. I really don't. I think that's I think part of this, editor. too. I think I want to blame the editor because, I mean, really? like, I think the direction is solid. The cinematography is fucking really good. There's this one shot where, like, it goes from, like, the horse's stall. Like, this horse is freaking out in the stall. And then, like, it zooms out from that. And you realize you're, you're, you're zooming in from a... a a whole different building and it, and it pans down to Jack Nicholson in bed. There's a yeah. whole bunch of shots like that where they're like, or like, or this amazing shot in, in the fucking the elevator building. Yes. The, the rack elevator focus. Shot. Yeah. The, the rack elevator. focus. There's all kinds of stuff. So there is some really good stuff in here. Um, cinematography wise but i think it happened in the editing room because not only is it slow motion it's it's post-production slow motion this is not ramping down the camera slow motion this is like that kind of shitty like we we slowed this down in post stuff and the, and the, and the, the editing all over the place i mean it, it could have been nichols doing you know likely he was involved in that but i think that was a lot of the problems was that i think the script for me is probably the issue because you have these two like big writers, Jim Harrison, and then you got Wesley Strick, who is like straight popcorn arachnophobia Batman oh, returns. God. Like taking this script and just rewriting it and just putting all of the cliched, silly Hollywood stuff into it. And I, I don't like know if they mesh that well. I mean, I, I think that this movie could have been handled better in a lot of ways, but at the same time, we have a serious werewolf movie starring Jack Nicholson. <laughs> we live in the timeline where that's a thing. I was thinking that while watching this, I was like, I can easily see this being like, like a BuzzFeed story. Like they were once seriously considering making a movie where Jack Nicholson would play a senior editor of a book company <laughs> who becomes a werewolf at night. And I'd be like, Oh fuck. What? They were going to make that. They did. You know, something that they also occurred to me watching this movie that never occurred to me before. Um, is that werewolf movies are body horror. I never really thought about it that way, but when he, yeah. when that, that hairy fucking wound, that yeah. gross hairy wound, he's like trimming the hair on his wound. Well, on dude, his hand. 
I was I was thinking of the fly quite a few times because Brundlefly yeah. clips those gross wiry things off his hand too. But Brundlefly, um, the thing about it is Brundlefly eventually gets they both kind of get scared of what's happening to them, but I like how they both like enjoy the power of it at first. Yeah. You know what? You just made a, a connection for me that should have been glaringly obvious because I hadn't thought about it until you said the, the fly, but the fly is very much an allegory about death and about yeah. disease. And that's probably also kind of what's happening. You, you could easily replace the werewolf thing with a brain tumor, which at one point they talk yeah. about it possibly being that. Uh, and this is very much a, a movie about, you know, uh, a man kind of like finding his balls at the end of his life, and, yeah. and, and, which is literally yeah. what happens. Because, I mean, he loses all of himself. Remember, it says like you he, lo he, lo he once he becomes a wolf, it's, he loses everything but his heart and his nature or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. um, so really, oh, yeah, that's that is what's happening. Yeah. Um, what else can we say? We didn't talk about any corny, uh, any, uh, oh, yeah, any is beautiful <laughs> score. You don't like it? Just it? pops in once in a while. It's kind of oh, dumb. I'm actually, I've actually never been that crazy about this score. <gasps> oh man, I, I, it's kind of dumb. Really... It pops in in weird times, and like and the way it's structured, uh, it seems like we need more of it. Like it's <laughs> like he had an idea shit. and then just put it away. They did take particular notice of when, when it's literally almost the climax of the film when your heart should be racing and Laura is rushing home to get to check on Will. And there's like this jazzy flute in the background that could be easily scoring like a mime in a park. Some weird stuff. Yes. Yeah, and that, like that kind of the transformation theme. You know, like growing up watching this movie, I, I, you know, I, I'm sure I learned who Ennio Morricone, what Morricone was fairly young because I, I liked like Fistful of Dollars and stuff, but um, I don't, I don't. Like I didn't know that he did this until I sat down last night to watch this movie. And I'm like, fuck, and Ennio yeah. Morricone. So I, I paid a little extra to the attention to the music. But also when his name came up on the on the on the credits, I, I thought to myself, oh, I always kind of disliked the music for this movie. <laughs> and uh, I, I love his stuff ordinarily, but I think there's something I don't know, there's something I don't particularly care for about this. Story. It's a mishmash. <laughs> it's kind of fucked up in a way. Yeah. Uh, when the first time you hear the do 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 do, well, it's like a half hour <laughs> in or so, right? It doesn't happen for a while, and I was like, oh shit, I forgot about that part because the rest of it's totally forgettable. Like yeah. beyond the do 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 do, yeah, there's nothing cool going on there at all. Yeah, it's forgettable yeah. atmosphere yeah. stuff. You That's do the get thing. like a you do you get like a theme for um for Laura and uh Will towards the end they get their own mm -hmm. theme but like it takes a long time to get there yeah mm -hmm. and Night Court's a much better you know in my opinion theme um to go back Night to the Court. beginning of the movie real quick yeah Night Court to go back to the beginning of the movie real quick I fucking hate when your window fogs up and you gotta like you're driving and you're trying to like smear <laughs> yeah. it that is the fucking worst man that is one of the worst things I hate and like so what happens to him could happen to anybody you know like that's it's true but. You you hit a wolf in the middle of the road. Do you get out and drag the up. wolf by the paws to the side? Yeah, Who fucking does that. that? You drive over up. the thing if you absolutely must. I mean, I I'm a wolf lover, and I'm still not going to try and fuck with a wolf. I'm not wolf. taking a chance on a wolf. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a we fucking get rid of calico that. cat. Yeah, yeah that's I what he was thinking. He's thinking we gotta get rid of that wolf. I gotta drag yeah. this thing to the side of the road. He was a desperate man. Like I gotta, I gotta touch this thing. Who knows what kind of bugs are on it? I don't know. Who cares? At least grab it by the hind legs, man. It's Come kind on. of a shitty. Yeah. Actually, now that you're bringing this up, it's a pretty shitty origin story. Now that I think about it, it's not. Mm. There's a better way to get bit by a wolf than that. I don't like it at all. 
I mean, I like the simplicity of it that we don't have to like, like I was just talking about the curse of the werewolf where there's like fucking 45 minutes spent explaining how Oliver Reed becomes a werewolf. Like, I don't care, man. It's a werewolf. Like, I don't need all this. Just show me. I was Vermont. Someone's bitten. I get it. Um, So in that respect, I like it. Um, But it also brings up the fact that in this universe, just like on Paris says, the passion of the wolf can can turn you as well. We're meant to assume that happens for Laura, but yeah, you know, really. it's a cool aspect. Passion you know, there's the probably a draft of the script called the passion of the wolf. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is 1000%. That's why I'm thinking about bringing in the passion of the Christ for my next selection. So I'm right. looking forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> you guys notice uh, Alice and Janney pop in on this? Like it's her Rex, debut yeah. or first vocal part in a movie. Janney. Oh, is it really? That's where she got her sad card, huh? Yeah, Osgood Perkins. Yeah, her and Richard party Jenkins, guest. Her and Richard, Richard Jenkins show up in a lot of stuff together, so they must have clearly met here. Um, oh. Yeah, imposters and uh, romance. Bunch of stuff. But I loved it. I loved it in this movie because, like, she's like talking to Christopher Plummer, and she and she's like, "What well, does that make me insane?" He's like, "Well, yeah, I think you're insane." She just loves it. She's like, "Oh, how delightful!" He thinks I'm insane. <laughs> and the lady she's talking to is like, "Oh, he's so charming." <laughs> he called you insane. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's a uh, that's fun. And it's also Ron Rifkin's character is called Doctor. It's just called Doctor. He does Doctor. a lot with that little role. It's, he's pretty. He's funny. All right. Um, well, uh, I think we've I think we've done it, gentlemen. We've pushed the limits of this interesting film. Um, it's called Wolf, nineteen ninety four. Mike Nichols oh, directed. Man. I love Mike Nichols. There's really nothing else to add, though. We the never said. The, wait, we hadn't said the word asparagus yet. No, oh, that's true. We haven't said asparagus. That's a good point. <laughs> Marking my territory with asparagus. Um, to me, this like this could have been an anybody movie. I don't see this much as a Mike Nichols movie. Just really quickly on that point yeah. of view, it's not. It's not heavy-handed, Mike Nichols. In my view, there's a few, maybe a uh, kind of like cultural discussion points that are peppered in here. But that's that's what movies do. They always have, some movies just have that, but. I don't know. I, I wonder what this would have been like in the hands of a different director, somebody a little more seasoned in this type of style as well. I really mm. think could have had something different. I kind of, I kind of agree because like this is such an outlier for for Nichols. It doesn't really feel like his work. But also, I'm glad that he did because I think that a lot of people who got their hands on this movie would have not. They would have like just what's with all this fucking publish publicist drama? Like they would cut yeah. all that shit and they would just, they would just turn it into an action movie. I think a lot of people. Would. Well, that's the thing, man. Like I found myself on several occasions liking the, like the, the, the civic commentary more than some of the werewolf stuff. And yeah. it's unbelievable that I would give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about book publishers, but I love, <laughs> I love all of that stuff in this, maybe even more than the silly bean, uh, beanie baby wolf heads. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's, it's surprisingly, uh, but you know, I think a good movie that has like a kind of like a supernatural element in it or like a sudden twist. If it's going to do something, it's got to have another good movie in it already. That's a right? great point, man. Cause a lot of like where what the wolf man, uh, like the original and the Benicio, like what is your character going to do like throughout the movie? Uh, like, right. like in his personal life, right? Just being they can never really answer that. You get just going from yeah, finding enough. the gypsy or whatever to get like the secret of how you stop it. That's normally all they do. 
Right. Whereas this is really interesting beat story. And I think that's why it often fails because like vampires, like for some reason, people are a lot more willing to like play with their backstory. Yeah. You, can, you can imagine them as a Confederate soldier or whatever. Uh, but when it comes to werewolves, it's always like, well, he's got a plaid shirt on and he wears denim. Yep. Yep. Uh, denim. We got to rip the plaid shirt. We're going to be, I'm interested <laughs> to see what Lee Winnell does with his yes. Ryan Gosling Wolfman movie because oh, so Invisible excited. Man is fucking awesome. Yeah, when well, I was uh, awesome. Interview with the Vampire came out in 94 too. So just saying. Nice. And True. Ryan Gosling loves werewolves. He loves this he loves universal monsters and all that kind of stuff. So I know he's gonna take it real seriously it. and he's a hell of an actor. So I'm excited for that. Exciting should we but make the rounds? Of, does it hold up or not? It's time for Wolf 1994 <sighs> film. We have to make a choice on this. Uh, uh, whose turn is to go first? Is it my turn? Is it your turn? I don't know. I'll go. I don't care. Uh, Wolf is a film from 1994 directed by Mike Nichols starring Jack Nicholson, Michelle Pfeiffer, Christopher Plummer, Richard Jenkins, James Spader. Those are facts. Uh, well it's got a lot of interesting cultural breakdowns talking about well not just cultural i mean we're talking philosophical existential dread going on here which is not something i don't know i don't always watch werewolf movies but i don't know if you always get that in your werewolf movie but i do know that matt wolf is a great guy we always appreciate him stopping in you have a great labor day yourself Thanks, too sir. matt thank you very much and if you're gonna watch a movie on labor day weekend wolf it's an okay choice but <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't recommend it i i don't I don't think it's that good of a film. That's the problem here. So it's not, is it well done or not? It doesn't hold up because it's kind of silly and stupid. And the structure of the script and the actual organization of the film, they don't, they don't flow well together. And you guys mentioned third act issues, but really like second act stuff, second act stuff leads to the third act problems as well. Uh, they have these dynamics set up with the publishing showdown, but everything that's happening outside of it, the werewolf rules, uh, what the wolf's intentions are, they, they kind of get lost after it's initially discussed with the, sitting down with Jack Nicholson and the doctor talking with Randall and Dr. Elias having this discussion about it. You get into this mystical element. They say the word mystical many times, and they talk about Catholicism and how, uh, you know, less primitive cultures have been adopted by Catholicism because of the cultural and mystical fascination of it. Um, there's some things there that I would like them to dive into from that point, but it ends there. It just kind of dies, and then it becomes about this man we feel bad for. So eh, it just it doesn't hold up. It's not terrible, and I'm not chastising the movie that much at all. It just doesn't hold up. It's It's not for me anymore. I don't know if it ever was. If it was, it's not anymore. Oh man, Eric, do you want to go ahead? It, no, I don't. This this oh, is breaking my heart, man. This is going to break my heart. Break my heart. Is that Tony Braxton? Yeah, nice job. All right. This is a movie I've seen. Probably it's right up there with some of like my most watched films, and yet I can't sit here today and tell you that the, the movie holds up. I I can say that I'm going to watch this many, many times over the course of my lifetime what still. <laughs> oh, wow. But we go back, we do this all the time. Is is this like a really good, Does it? do I still feel the same way I did about it before? Am I still like, oh yeah, fucking Love Wolf. Well, you've seen it 40 times. <sighs> you're going to watch what? it 40 more times and you're going to tell me it doesn't hold up? I enjoy watching it. 
I just think it, yeah, it's it is kind of more dumb than it is like really cool and smart, like I thought it was when I was a kid. There's some elegance there in the direction and the atmosphere, but these story issues are really bothering me at 41 years old here in 2021. <laughs> That's why I'm gonna say, I can't, ah, fuck, this is gonna be a Cloud Atlas situation. I can't uh -oh. say it holds up right now, even though I think it brings a lot of interesting <laughs> things to the table. Okay, I just going. wish it, it it was a little more smart about them. I'm glad this is recorded so you can go back and listen to yourself say this after you sit down and watch this movie again. God damn it. <laughs> All right. You done? I'm sorry. I, I, I love I this movie. Dude, I love this <laughs> no, movie. You don't? <laughs> no, I can love it, but if it doesn't it hold up. up if you, I mean, you can't possibly still love it. I can understand if you like yes, no you longer can. love it. But then wouldn't you think it holds up if you love it? What the well, fuck are we doing here? Oh, because know he knows me, his film sensibilities are telling him that it doesn't hold up, but he still loves it because he's a human being. He can't help. Well, it's not. It's not. Does it hold up to society? Does it hold up to the fucking sure. AFI? Does it hold up to you? Uh, it depends it, who you're talking to. Uh, it's not that good, but <laughs> I I still enjoy it. Okay. All right. <sighs> Fuck. That was well, hard. I still think it holds up. You got fucking Christopher Christopher Plummer in a in a, in a <laughs> werewolf movie. Starring oh, Jack God. Nicholson, right. fucking James Spader. This is a classic '90s film uh, with uh, all of its flaws. There is not a, there is not a. Uh, I cannot think of a werewolf movie that is better. Demon um, Wolf. I cannot think of a werewolf movie that is better. I can't. Um, and I, and if you don't like werewolves, you think werewolves are dumb, like a lot of people do. You're not gonna like this, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah, Mike. I'm not surprised, but you don't you don't like supernatural stuff. That you know, this isn't this isn't your bag. Um, but yeah, for, yeah, I, it holds up. I'm. What else can I say? This movie's a fucking classic. Well, that was a uh, kind of a torture. Does it hold up? Conclusion. Uh, not easy. Not easy for some of us to accept these realities. Write, but... We need to write a constitution. We need we need a a, a document oh, to which we can refer to. What the fuck? Does does it hold up even mean? Because if you <laughs> yeah. love a film, if you enjoy the film, if you go out, both of you, both of you, you go out of your You're way right. to watch the movie afterwards, yet You're it right. doesn't hold up to you? What the fuck does this mean? It's like the Second think? Amendment, man. It's complicated. I'm looking at it right now, and I kind of want to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this is a fun one. We did Wolf, 1994 Bad film. Fun. We hope you enjoyed it. Does it hold up or not? Why don't you let us know? Proton Mail is our email section where we offer a Fuck. handle known as cinnamon nine pod cinnamon nine pod at protonmail.com send us an email like nick did today nick buccinto with a genius email we're gonna watch beast i'm pretty sure i'll be able to watch beast over the next seven days i'm excited about that but before i do that eric branchham you got to tell me what movie i'm watching next week for this show i feel like if i'm allowed to go back i'm literally going to do it for the first time in the show's history I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. You're right, Travis. I love this movie so much. But there's so many problems. Yeah, what are we watching next week? I don't want to bully you into it, though. What are we watching next week? Come on. Well, I'll give turn. me some options. We Ooh. can either go to uh, 1999 to 2008 or to 2010. Ooh, I'd like to go to either 2008 or 10. What do you think, Travis? Let's... Uh... 2010. Yeah, 2010. Uh, Darren Aronofsky's Black Swan. 
Wow. Okay. Black Swan. Was the other one the wrestler? No. Okay. It's one of his favorite Maybe movies. He's not gonna. Yeah, I already know that holds up. But I, I've seen Black Swan one time in 2010, and I loved it. I haven't seen it since. So me too. We, I've only we, seen it once. We revisited our like. I, I, I think for the most part, we haven't recycled directors much. I know we did Todd Phillips at least twice. <laughs> yeah, I think we did him three times. Three times. Yeah. Have, yeah. Um, but now so we've been second Mike, Aronofsky. Yeah, we so we've revisited Mike Nichols today, and now we're revisiting Aronofsky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're getting we're getting into our we're getting towards we're inching towards a hundred episodes here. So yeah, we by are. the way, uh the all the last American movie star, we should do something like that, you know, start our own film festival and then con somebody famous into showing up to it for a lifetime achievement award. I think it's a great <laughs> idea. Yeah. Who are the candidates here? Who's on their last legs that we could con <sighs> our own Gene uh, Hackman? film festival? We get a uh, Gene out. I, I don't think Gene's leaving the house for fuck all. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Nicholson, <laughs> he's old. We can tell him how much we appreciate his movies, but they suck, but we're going to watch them. That's right. Yeah. Fuck. Sometimes they're not great, but sometimes they still have merit. And in the end, that's what we do here on Cinema 9. Thanks so much for watching, listening. We're always very appreciative of it. We don't mean that in a joking manner. We mean it very much in a legit and honest manner. Thanks, everybody. Next week, we'll do Black Swan. Man, I have not seen that movie since it came out, dude. This is going to be Wait interesting. Wait a minute. Yeah, I don't know what to make of this, but as long as I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Swan? I don't know. It's another where type. <laughs> so. All right, thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next week on the Cinema Nine Podcast. Asparagus. Oh, no,